Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy high5gear.com. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. This is Chris Barnes, and you're listening to Above180.com podcast with Tim Berg. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast today is Mike and Brandy Calderon. They are the owners of B3 Performance in Tempe, Arizona. Mike and Brandy, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. All right, well, I'm down here touring your guys' great facility. Mike, let's begin with the thought process behind opening B3 Performance in Tempe. Uh, the thought process originally was is, uh, when, I, when I opened the first shop 13 years ago, uh, it was Bowl 300 Pro Shop and Training Center. And my idea was always to get the most education uh, in our sport onto the lanes and to the consumers and friends. So as all the years of doing all the different jobs and various things all across the country and world, I kept designing in my mind what I wanted from a, a training facility that could, you know, kind of show people how the game is evolving in technology and uh, with bowling balls and, and how to play the lanes and styles of bowling. Um, so over the course of the few years uh, with my lovely wife listening to all of my crazy ideas, uh, I decided on four lanes because I thought that was a good number um, and then a classroom and a full service pro shop just so that we could uh, be a little bit more intimate um, with customers and friends about how to explain what they're seeing and then uh, kind of evolved into just uh, B3 performance. And Brandy, let's talk a little bit about that classroom because we got a great tour here I did of the facilities and, and your goal for that ultimately passed post-pandemic is for there to be more things going on there, more instruction. But why don't you explain a little bit what you guys are hoping will happen again once uh, this pandemic dies down? Sure. So the idea with the classroom was that we would be able to run uh, clinics or seminars or trade shows or uh, anything where we could gather people and work with them off the lane. There's a lot about bowling that happens off the lane, understanding lane play, understanding ball layouts, understanding tournament preparedness. Um, also for the manufacturers to come in and explain their new products that are coming out, uh, you know, uh, bring in the pros and do meet and greets, all of those things that we would want to gather people for and have a place for that to happen. That was the idea behind the classroom. So we could uh, have a separate spot for that outside of the lanes and then go on to the lanes to do any uh, on lane uh, real life work that we were trying to do. 
And once we get on the lanes, what sort of shots are we seeing out here? Like you guys were just, Mike, you were just oiling as I was uh, getting my uh, tour from Brandy. What are we going to see? Are we going to see your typical house shot, your 8 to 10 to 1, just something that people can strike at will on, or what are we seeing out here? Um, no, I don't really do any of that. Uh, normally, we went to, uh, we were lucky enough to uh, go to Kegel, uh, the whole team, and uh, I've known Doug Dukes and Gus and Chartrain and those guys for a long time. So uh, I've always been interested in how oil patterns, uh, what they do to bowling balls and bowlers and their psyche. Um, so we got a nice tutorial and I learned a lot from JJ and those guys out there about how to change patterns with taper and and different loads and where to put you know little bumps and stuff like that. So we designed three patterns in here, a short, a medium, and a long pattern, but uh, they are, our short pattern is two to one, our medium and long pattern are both three to one. And then we use, um, we have all of the USB-C patterns loaded in, as well as the Kegel, um, their sport patterns like beaten path and all those. Um, but normally we'll put out anywhere. The first week we usually do shorter patterns. Second week of the month we do medium. Third week, third of uh, the month we do longer patterns. And then dealer's choice on the fourth week. Uh, but they're never they're never going to be the 10 to 1, you know, run your mill 40-foot house shots. Like we just don't do those. Only because you can do that at your own bowling center. So if you're going to come in here and, and you really want to try to practice on your game, uh, and how your balls are going to react. We want you to see uh, how hard they are and also to help you when you go to nationals because we all struggle when we go to nationals and we all think that nationals, they set us up for failure. Uh, but really, it's just the opposite. Uh, the bowling centers that we all bowl leagues in uh, aren't doing enough hard conditions really to make us prepared for something at nationals. And, you know, the guys and girls at Kegel that create the nationals patterns and USBC that create those patterns – they, they're pretty hard, and they want you to, you know, get the best out of it. So if you do win, like, it's, it's an accomplishment. You did something. If you cash, it's an accomplishment. So we hope that the patterns that we've either created or that we put out will just get people prepared um, for tournament-style bowling when they go and you spend all that money to travel and, and, you know, all your bowling equipment. At least you'll have maybe, hopefully, an idea of what those bowling balls will do so that it will make it a little bit more enjoyable. Can you talk about then your coaching philosophy when you have people on the lanes here? Because it's a little bit different for everyone, what they're thinking and, and how they handle things. So can you go through briefly when a player comes in, and we're talking about your, your person, maybe your 180 average bowler, who's looking to really improve their game, and nationals might not quite be their thing. They're just hoping to bowl well in their city or state tournament or even might just even be one of your local tournaments. Um, well, I'll, yeah, uh, well, two, that's twofold. Um, I'll let Brandy talk about what her, some of her things that she sees first and foremost, and then uh, I'll kind of do the tail end on. on uh, so, we, sorry, we get a lot of people in here uh, that are just looking to get a little bit better, and maybe they don't—they've never gotten a lesson. They don't really—they can get up to the foul line and deliver the bowling ball, but they don't really know what they're doing. Um, so from a physical standpoint, um, I work with a lot of people just in getting, you know, the, the step, push, step, throw down, um, helping them understand how to get to the foul line in the same way every single time, um, how to free up their arm swing a little bit. I see the same couple problems almost all the time. Everybody stands too far back on the approach and everybody stands too far away from their target. Uh, those are the two things that I see almost all the time with, with bowlers that are, you know, not, 
trying to compete at nationals and stuff. They're just trying to, you know, average 160 or 170 in their leagues. Um, so the pattern doesn't come into play as much in that. And I tell them, don't worry about trying to strike so much right now. Let's get your physical game set. Um, but then as we go along and they start getting better at that, then they start caring about striking a little bit more in here. And that's when we start working on understanding their ball motion, understanding how to move around the lane, how to move their eyes front to back, anything that they can do um, short of just standing left and throwing right, which is what you see on league shots all the time, uh, to help them learn how to uh, play the lane a little more correctly because they're going to start wanting to bowl tournaments and they're going to start seeing more difficult patterns. Maybe not the hardest, it's not red square everywhere, but they're going to start seeing um, tougher patterns even at city and state tournament. Uh, it's going to feel tougher than what they're used to. And Yeah, exactly. And, and when, as they get better, uh, understanding what their physical game is going to be because we're all going to kind of get into one spot of where we're at. And I would love to throw it like Tommy Jones, but I'll never throw it like TJ. So uh, what do I throw it like that I can get the best score that I can possibly do and the most consistent uh, way to do that? And I usually can try to help people mostly with their ball motion. Uh, and physical game, um, if they feel like there's a certain thing that they want to try to fix, then yes, we can you know, delve into just that. But more times than not, people have all these bowling balls and they just don't know what they do. And like they see them on the typical house shot is all doing the same thing. So they're always coming in. Oh, I need a new ball. And it might be just a something that they need to fix, fix as far as the surface of the bowling ball. Maybe it's hooking too late. Maybe it's maybe it's rolling too early. So when we are on the lanes with them, I can then kind of figure out what they're seeing. And then I can translate into what the ball is doing based on what it truly is doing and then we can kind of make a game plan on how to fix that maybe it's a new ball um it's not necessarily always a new ball but maybe it's a new ball maybe they're playing in the wrong part of the lane um and so we give them some pointers and some tips that way and a lot of times that will get people into the right track and then you know their swing loosens up and they start striking a little bit more so so mike people probably remember you from your time out on tour what are a few things uh that you see from amateurs that you would never see from the pros and how can they fix those um a lot of things uh let's see that's a good question so most of the time the pros have never thrown a bad shot so uh all of them that any of them that listen to this that i worked with they never threw a bad shot i gave them a wrong ball i'm sure that they would all chime in um but more times than not i would say uh the biggest difference is that the pros are not afraid to make ball changes um, that if they're not seeing something that they like, they will make a change. And I think more times than not, amateurs are a little more stubborn and they will either stick with a ball that they have, even if they have six, seven bowling balls, they will stick with one ball. Maybe it feels the best for them and they haven't got all their feels correct. Um, or they're just like, this is my favorite ball. And I bowled a 300 with it uh, two years ago and it's got to work. And so like, I would say that more, majority of the time, um, amateurs are a little bit more, I'd say, stubborn as far as making changes uh, to give them the best score. Whereas a pro, if they're not yelling at uh, the tour rep that's standing behind them, uh, then they think it's a ball because they've never thrown a bad shot. So um, that I would just say that, yeah, that would be the biggest thing is that amateurs are just stuck in there, kind of get stuck in one way and they can only play the lanes a certain way. And if it doesn't work for them the way that they want to play the lanes, the lanes are wrong. And 
I'd also love to get your thoughts because a lot of amateurs and sometimes I have to walk myself out of this habit too. We, we make a bad shot on the lane and we think, oh, well, I just threw it bad. Yes. I just, it was my fault. Right. Do you hear that from a pro? Or are they going to think they probably don't, you know, there are times when you do throw it bad, but then there's also times when it's just not the right piece in your hand. Right. And, and I think that the pros, uh, a lot of the time, that's kind of their gift and their curse. They don't throw it bad in their mind. Uh, it's the ball. So they know when they threw it bad. Like, I mean, we're, we're not, you know, they're not lying in general to themselves, but that's the mindset that they have to always kind of keep because when you look around and everybody else is striking, you're not going to say, well, I threw it bad because now that's getting into your psyche of thinking, well, I, maybe I shouldn't be out here or whatever the case may be. And I think that, um, you know, the, the amateur, uh, and I'm I'll, exactly with you, Tim, on that, that you throw a shot and you're like, ah, I just threw that one bad. I need to throw it better. Um, but a lot of times, if you kind of have the mindset that this is my game plan, uh, a lot of these tournaments, they'll tell you roughly what they're going to bowl on. You're going to bowl on, you know, Mexico City this week at this event. And you go in, and I think a lot of times, uh, back to what Brandy had said is preparation, I don't think a lot of people prepare for what they're going to go bowl on. So, like, you should have a plan of attack on what your balls are supposed to do and have them organized in your bag in that certain way so that when you get to the lanes, you're going to go through your progressions. It doesn't really matter what – Tommy Jones next to me is doing because he's got his own progressions. So he's figuring out the, the balls he wants to do in the order and the, the way he's going to attack the lanes versus, you know, you don't have that much rev rate. You're a little bit more speed dominant, so you have to attack the lanes this way. But you should have all of your equipment in order. It would be like a golfer, you know, grabbing for a club and he pulls out a putter. Well, you're on the tee box. So you probably don't need the shiny asymmetrical ball on a fresh 38-foot ball pattern. You're probably going to need something that's a little slower, something that just blends the pattern out a little for you. And I think that's the biggest difference is bowlers show up and they're like, well, it's my favorite ball. I'm going to throw it here. And it doesn't work. And I think that gets into the, you know, downward spiral of why they bowl so bad. And, Brandy, one of the other things that the training center has, you guys have all sorts of different ways to measure a bowler's. Mike had meant, you guys mentioned Kegel. You know, you have Specto. You have all sorts of other training tools. Why don't you briefly talk about those and what people can expect if they come here and some of the things you guys have to offer regarding training tools to help bowlers improve? Sure. Uh, so we have Specto, which is uh, the premier analytics program in bowling. Um, if anybody uh, watches the PBA telecasts and they see the – the lane that they put up on the right side of the screen that tracks the ball path and gives you some of the, uh, you know, rev rate, ball speed, and lay down points and all that kind of stuff. That is Specto. It gives you a ton of information. Um, they can't fit it all on your phone, so you use your phone as a recording device, and then you can go home and take a look at all of these things, and it opens up all this different data about what your ball is doing on the lane. It also has a bunch of other features uh, that kind of put you in a position to have to play a certain shot, and you only have so much miss room, things like that. Uh, those are underutilized, in my opinion, but very, very helpful uh, going into the mental game part of it. It's really easy to hit your mark when you know you have three boards to miss on either side. It's quite difficult to hit your mark when you only have a half a board to miss on either side. So it creates a pressure situation that you can bowl in uh, without actually being in a pressure situation to try and help you not feel like you are uh, you know, having to place the ball in a certain spot all the time and keep your arm swing loose. So I love Specto for more than just watching your ball go down the lane. Uh, we also have Torch, uh, which is a targeting tool that can be used to help understand how to play breakpoints on the lane uh, or spare shooting 
or just general approach issues. Um, I think I mentioned to you that I found out that I was kind of a wobbly walker when I was getting back into bowling. I had taken a little bit of a hiatus and and I couldn't get that target to stay straight for me. It just kept moving around because my head was moving around and I didn't realize it. So even just learning little things like that while you're utilizing these tools translate into a huge difference when you are uh, out there bowling on the lane. So uh, Torch and Specto are two of my favorites. So, and the, the, the biggest thing in here that we have are the uh, pin setters. Um, well, we- let's get to those. That's okay. <laughs> the final topic that I want to talk about. We are on string, you guys are running everything on, st- on string pins. Yep. That uh, has been, there's been a few tournaments that have been on st- string yep. pins down, down in Some Florida. Attached, yes. Florida. <laughs> so um, talk about both of you guys. I'd like to get your, your thoughts on that. And then, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of see how that's – because that's something – I think the USBC came out with a, a thing saying they're basically studying it. They're looking into it, trying to figure this out, how, how this plays into the sport as we move forward. Yeah, I would uh, – the, the last on – the, on the other uh, teaching tools, we also have uh, high-speed cameras set up in here, uh, similar to anybody who's ever gone to – went to Lane 81 up in Reno, um, and they did the high-speed filming from the front, the back, and the side – uh, we also have those. We haven't really a lot started utilizing that very much. We're doing most of our lesson stuff that we are doing with uh, the iPads. Uh, that way we can just airdrop it to most people that have iPhones or we can send it to your email. Uh, and then we also, the last thing is Arrow, which is a, uh, a device that it's, uh, it kind of tr- sets you up. There's a few different ways you can use it. You can use it out on the lane to show you where your ball is supposed to go out to, stay underneath it. Um, but all of these tools, and if you want to see like little videos, if you don't happen to swing in here, uh, are on Kegel's website, uh, and they have brief descriptions of all of them, and you'd be able to see them. So we have all of those because I just believe that the more tools you have, the better it's going to be uh, to help you um, be successful. And as far as the string pins, yes, the, the <laughs> string pins are the... It, string is, pins! That is the uh, <laughs> thing. So we have SES... Uh, chassis string pin setters. So SES is a company based out of uh, Germany and uh, Austria, I believe, and uh, they're they're pretty unique. The biggest things that I would say on my takeaway from string pin setters is um, the ease of working on them. Uh, there is two motors, uh, there is ten gears, and there is pins that are regulation weight um, with tethers attached to them. And it really makes you have to know how to get your ball through the pins at your seven and a half degree angle or whatever you're going to be going through the pins at. Um, And it keeps the bottoms of the pins really flat because normally uh, in an A2 or a GSX machine, your pins are intermingled with your bowling balls. They get shooken around and the bottoms kind of get rounded and beat up and they tend to fall a little easier or fly around a little bit more. And here with the pins being only on strings and only touching themselves, uh, the bottoms of those pins are dead flat. So um, I like it from the aspect that it, you know, yes, you could occasionally get a, a tripped head pin that would, the string would knock it over. But to me, that's no different than if you, you know, have a pin that's really rolled on the bottom and it kind of offsets it and the GSX machine puts it back down and it falls back in the gutter. Like, I mean, that's okay. It's part of the game. Unfortunately, there's never going to be a way to make it where it's 100% effective that when you hit you know the pocket you're going to get a strike or you're going to get a nine Um, but this facility is not an open play facility as far as we don't have leagues we don't run tournaments 
it's strictly for training. So, you know, we've had some, a, a lot of people that have come in here. We've had a lot of people that have been very successful once they've been in here in Bold. This is just a facility. We're just another tool that those people use. But, you know, you can check Wesley Lowe's Instagram out and check his Facebook and stuff and see that he shot 900 after coming in here and practicing. Brianna Cote just won another tournament down in Texas at the women's uh, PWBA stop. She comes in a lot. Uh, Cortez Shank has done pretty much damage all across the Southwest here. Comes and bowls every day. So even though, like, I definitely am not going out and bowling anything, uh, I will warm up for nationals if my team has me back. Um, so hopefully that's a go. Uh, they can give me a call if they want to reschedule that. But uh, – <laughs> On to the string pin setters. Brandy will have some more things because she sees a lot more day-to-day as far as how they react. But I just like the ease of, of everything mechanically on the back end of it. Um, and I think it's just a much faster product for, uh, you know, non-tournament type facilities. And for you guys just following up, there would have been no way you could have done a, a center like this if it had to be the old you'd have had to go back and uh, oh just yeah it. like i would i mean you'd have to train like it's just one more you know one more thing we spent a week out at kegel learning about the uh, kegel flex walker we have and i mean they gave us eight hours a day for a week and i still look at that machine every day and get nervous about something breaking on that because it's just it's a machine that has a lot of moving parts and you have to be well trained on them and you know i give credit to all the mechanics out there that work on those a2s and gsx machines but i mean there's only two of us in here right now, uh, and there's no way I could get a, a zero stop or a 180 back there. Uh, you know, with, that's just too much time. I can't do it. So we want to try to get it so that people get their, you know, big bang for their buck in here. And you know, knock on wood, we don't have very many blackout type situations where the 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 thing is delaying somebody from their hour practice. And because we have the beauty of being able to adjust time on the limit, we can always add a little bit more time back. But you know, we're trying to be as efficient as possible, and I think that the pin setters are def- definitely that. They're very efficient, um, and that's a big thing when you're bowling. Yeah, I just uh, to add to that a little bit, I know that some of the feedback that I've heard before people come in here is they're worried about the pin carry. Um, we have made some modifications to the pin setters, and the pin carry is not bad we have 300s on three of the four lanes in here. You can definitely strike on string pins. The key is you have to learn how to get your ball off the pattern and into the pins the right way. And that can only be a benefit when you're training. You're not bowling for a championship in here. You are coming in here to train the same way that professional baseball players go to batting cages for hitting practice, the same way that professional golfers go to driving ranges or hot sticks or cool clubs and hit into a white screen uh, for you know practice on their swing and their game this is this is a practice facility a training facility to come in and work on your physical game everything is regulation in here the lanes are regulation the oil is real you're bowling with your own equipment everything is business as usual the only difference is the pins have tethers on them and that really doesn't make that much of a difference Um, but the beauty of it also is that these pin sitters let us set up full racks only if you're in here using specto which as mike said as far as efficiency goes you don't have to 
to spend time clearing off spares. Uh, you don't have to pause Specto while you shoot your spare so your data doesn't get all mixed up. It can just set you a full rack every time. And you can also set up any spare that you want to shoot from the console as the bowler in here. So if you want to spend 20 minutes practicing the three six tens and the buckets and all of the things that people chop all the time, or just a 10 pin or whatever it is, it will just keep spotting that over and over and over again. So you can practice it over and over and over again until you get so good at it that you don't have to think about it anymore. And that is what is going to help you go win big tournaments, not carrying a strike in here while you're bowling. So uh, we just hope that people will realize the benefit and what you can actually learn from the string pins um, and uh, use that to their advantage. So when they go bowl on free fall pins, the pocket feels huge. They're carrying the 15 board strikes that you wouldn't otherwise carry in here and that you maybe shouldn't be carrying um, and loosen up a little bit and, and use it to your advantage so that your scores will go up when it really matters. And I'm also guessing then if you set up the bucket and shoot the bucket on string pins, you have to hit the bucket yep. to make it. Yep. So then you're even going to have add probably a little bit of miss room when you go out and shoot it in your league play. Absolutely. The, it, you will become deadly accurate if you bowl in here, if you are actually trying to knock all the pins down because there isn't um, a lot of room for miss in here. You really have to get your ball into the pin strikes or spares exactly the right way. And it makes it feel easier when you go bowl on free fall pins and all of the stuff that you're bowling for that, you know, for tournaments and prizes and all that, those are all at this point for the most part on free fall pins, you know, that may change in the future. Uh, we're seeing some of that kind of start to change, but right now this is, this is a training facility. It's where you come to perfect your craft and get better so that when you're in the moment, you don't have to think about it as much anymore. All right. Well, I want to thank Mike and Brandy Colorone for all the time and hospitality. It's a great facility. I would say if you're in the, lo if you're local here in the area, you need to come out here, set up a lesson with the guys and come out and practice. If you're not in the area, make, make a trip out here. We hear stories all the time of people making trips down to, down to Kegel, and Kegel's a great facility too. But if you're in the, on the West Coast and you're able to travel as that opens back up, you guys are open for business. You guys, you, let's finish up our, our time here, though. Talk about the social distancing. If someone is local or someone does want to come out, how you guys are handling things during the pandemic. Uh, so right now we are running every other lane uh, when people are in here. So we have four hourly time slots during the day. Um, and for example, we might run lanes one and three at one time. And then the next hour we'll run lanes two and four. Um, that's kind of twofold right now. One, it, it, it you know provides social distancing. Um, two, it gives us a chance to get in and sanitize everything uh, before the next group of people come in. Uh, and it also uh, allows us to re-oil as necessary. So right now, now you're getting fresh sport shots when you come into bowl. Um, we have the ability to manage that and do that because of the timing. So uh, it's a great way to come in and bowl on the fresh, which is what trips a lot of people up. <laughs> um, uh, come in and bowl on the fresh. Know that you're going to have you know, your lane to yourself uh, and have a lane in between you if, if the other people that are in here are not part of your party. Of course, we can do a pair if you're coming in with a group of people. That's no problem. Uh, we'll manage it accordingly, but uh, we're pretty flexible. We can, we can make it work in whatever we're trying to do and um, try and uh, keep everybody comfortable and, and feeling safe while they're in here. All right, Mike and Brandy Calderon, thanks for being here on the Above180.com podcast. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having us.
I would like to remind folks, please remember, check out BowlingThisMonth.com, bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Seeing the very popular PWBA roundtable back up there. Lots of great insight from the ladies of the PWBA. Seeing your ball reviews down your left-hand side, there's tons of new equipment coming out from all the manufacturers everyone putting out some great uh, equipment these days so make sure you check it out there those ball reviews and of course some uh, some other great articles as well so again check everything out all at your fingertips check out bowlingthismonth.com lots of great uh, reviews regarding your health and fitness regarding coaching uh, articles and helping you to uh, understand your ball roll and everything like that so everything you need again all at your fingertips check out bowlingthismonth.com and as you get back out on the lanes please remember check out h5gbrands.com your one-stop shop for your dye supplemented jerseys maybe you want a pba replica jersey all of that stuff at your fingertips h5gbrands.com no hidden artwork fees thousands of designs to choose from they walk you through the very straightforward process and uh, and get that jersey made for you also if you're heading out to nationals to state tournament, to city tournament. You guys want to look sharp, check out H5G Brands. They'll work with you on getting your team jerseys, seeing uh, all sorts of stuff. Again, if you're a high school bowler, Wisconsin High School Bowling Championships, get your jerseys there. They're uh, they're all there at your fingertips. All sorts of uh, jerseys you need, everything all at your fingertips. Use promo code ABOVE180. That's promo code ABOVE180. That will get you $20 off your order. Again, check out h5gbrands.com.